0: Hello, this is Yusra from NewsLandy.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 27th of September. India recorded 26,041 new coronavirus cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections in the country to 3.37 crore cases since the outbreak of the pandemic in January 2020. With 276 fatalities in the last 24 hours, the total death count in India due to COVID-19 has risen to 4.47 lakh. Of the total number of cases reported, Kerala continues to account for the highest share, recording 15,951 new cases and 165 deaths on Sunday. The state has decided to reopen bars and allow dine-in services in restaurants and hotels despite its high contribution to the total number of daily cases but only fully vaccinated customers are to be entertained. Kerala Chief Minister Pinarai Vijayan clarified on Saturday that relaxations were permitted because 90% of the population has received the first dose of the vaccine and there has been an overall decline in active coronavirus cases in the state. India has administered more than 86 crore vaccine doses since the beginning of the inoculation process on January 16, 2021. Over 38 lakh doses were administered in the last 24 hours. According to a Reuters report, the government of New South Wales state in Australia is likely to introduce a plan to lift the existing COVID-19 restrictions on Monday. The state has reportedly fully vaccinated more than 60% of its population aged 16 and above. According to an Oxford University study published in the International Journal of Epidemiology on Sunday, the COVID-19 pandemic has reduced life expectancy of men and women in 27 countries in 2020, Scroll reported. This is the biggest decrease in life expectancy among humans since World War II. Globally, the coronavirus has infected over 23.18 crore people and caused more than 47 lakh deaths since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. To mark one year of the enactment of the three contentious farm laws, the Samyukth Kisan Morcha, an umbrella body of farmers' unions, has observed a nationwide strike or Bharat Bandh in protest today on Monday. ANI reported that the strike calls for a complete shutdown of educational institutions as well as government and private offices and is scheduled to last from 6am in the morning to 4pm in the afternoon. Delhi borders with Gurgaon and Haryana reported heavy traffic jams as police and paramilitary tightened security over vehicles entering the capital city during the protest. The Hindustan Times reported that Deputy Commissioner of Police New Delhi, Deepak Yadav, has said, In view of Bharat Bandh, adequate security arrangements have been made as a precautionary measure. And pickets at the border areas have strengthened and all vital installations, including India Gate and Vijay Chowk, have adequate deployment. The Delhi police will not allow farmers to enter the city from the protest sites at Singhu, Tikri and Ghazipur borders, Scroll reported. The police also shut movement of traffic from Uttar Pradesh to Ghazipur due to the protest. Barricades were placed at the UP gate located on the highway connecting Nizamuddin with Ghaziabad, restricting all travel on the said route. All the other three points, however, between Delhi and Ghaziabad, including Anand Vihar, Dilshad Garden and Tulsi Niketan, will remain open. The Delhi Metro Rail Corporation closed the entry and exit gates of the Pandit Shri Ram Sharma station located near the Tikri border, citing security reasons. According to an Indian Express report, farmers staged protests on highways and railway tracks, Protesters blocked the highway in Haryana at 25 places and several roads in Haryana's Jindh district were also blocked. The workings of hospitals, medical stores and emergency establishments are not to be stopped because of the band, and people are free to leave their homes in case of emergencies. Auto rickshaws and taxis continue to function in Delhi, PTI reported. General Secretary of Delhi Auto Taxi Union Rajendra Soni extended the union's support for farmers but not the strike, due to the acute financial crisis its members are facing. Similarly, shops in the capital remained open. Chairman of Chamber of Trade and Industry, Rajesh Goyal, who also extended the organisation's support to farmers, spoke of traders trying to recover losses incurred due to the pandemic in the coming festival season. Thousands of farmers have been protesting at multiple Delhi borders since November 2020, seeking a complete withdrawal of the farm laws passed in September 2020. Farmers fear that the new laws, under the guise of reform, will lead to corporate dominance and exploitation. According to a Hindustan Times report, three people have died as Cyclone Gulab made landfall in the coastal areas of Andhra Pradesh and Odisha on Sunday. Among the casualties, two fishermen died in Andhra Pradesh's Srikakulam district, while one person died in Odisha's Ganjam district. One fisherman from Andhra Pradesh is still missing, according to local officials. The cyclone made landfall at the Meduguda and Tokali villages, according to India Meteorological Department, with a wind speed of about 90 km per hour. The city of Vishakapatnam witnessed heavy rainfall and strong winds, while at other places in Andhra Pradesh, large trees and electricity poles were uprooted because of the storm. Normal life in Odisha's Jaipur Khoraput, Kotpad and Sunabira districts was disrupted as the India Meteorological Department issued a red alert warning due to the cyclone, the New Indian Express reported. Markets remained closed and people stayed indoors, while 34 trains were also cancelled because of the weather warning. The state government facilitated the evacuation of people living in low-lying areas Opened 124 cyclone shelters in 14 blocks and emergency control rooms in seven block headquarters in the Malkangiri district. The National Disaster Response Force deployed 13 teams in Odisha and 5 in Andhra Pradesh. Cyclone Gulab weakened into a deep depression at 2:30 a.m. on Monday morning, according to the India Meteorological Department, and is likely to weaken further and move westwards in the next 12 hours. According to a scroll report, In a virtual address on Monday, Prime Minister Narendra Modi launched the Ayushman Bharat digital mission. Under this project, every Indian citizen will receive a digital health ID, the Prime Minister said. The ID that citizens will receive under the scheme is meant to function like a health account with which medical records can be linked. In the address, Modi also said that Ayushman Bharat digital mission will now connect the digital health solutions of hospitals across the country with each other. The objective of the government's digital health mission is to create a seamless online platform through the provision of a wide range of data, information and infrastructure services. Modi said that India is making efforts to develop a healthcare model that is holistic and inclusive and claimed that the Ayushman Bharat digital mission will help eliminate the problems that poor and middle-class citizens face in availing medical treatment, ANI reported. Speaking of the Prime Minister… Narendra Modi has just returned from his trip to the US with much fanfare and the mainstream Indian media just can't stop gushing over it. But was his visit as big a world event as Indian media would have you believe? Head over to newsrondi.com to read a takedown of his visit by Jami N. Rao titled PM Modi's US Visit – What the Likes of Republic TV and Z News Won't Tell You And while you're at it, remember – We are able to bring this to you because we don't depend on the government for support, we depend on you. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of the website and pay to keep news free. Free from the strangles of governments and advertisers. An Indian Air Force flight lieutenant was arrested by the Tamil Nadu police on Sunday on charges of raping a fellow officer in Coimbatore City, The Times of India reported. The accused is Amitesh Harmukh, a 29-year-old officer hailing from Chhattisgarh's Durg district, who was in Coimbatore to take part in an induction programme at the Air Force Administrative College in Redfield's area. The complainant is a 29-year-old woman officer who said that she was allegedly raped by the accused after she had taken painkillers on account of a leg injury while playing basketball on September tenth. She claims that when she complained to their senior officers, no action was taken. Deepak Dhamore, the Coimbatore police commissioner, has said that they received her complaint a few days ago and have registered a first information report. The accused man, Harmuk, has been sent to judicial custody for two days, according to NDTV, and the police has booked him under Section 376, Punishment for Rape of the Indian Penal Code. Harmuk's lawyer has submitted an affidavit before a magistrate that says that the police cannot arrest an Air Force officer. The police have asked for time to file their response. In the German national elections held on Sunday, the country's Social Democratic Party narrowly beat Chancellor Angela Merkel's Christian Democratic Union, The Guardian reported. Winning 25.7% of the popular vote, the centre-left Social Democratic Party was closely followed by the centre-right Christian Democratic Union Party that fell to a historic low of 24.1%. The third-largest party to emerge in this election is the Greens Party, which secured 14.8% of the vote, its best results so far in a national election, followed by the Liberal Free Democratic Party in 4th place with 11.5% votes and the far-right alternative for Germany at the 5th position with 10.3% of the popular vote. According to the BBC, Merkel, who has served as a German Chancellor for 16 years, had already announced before the election that she did not seek a 5th term. However, she will continue to hold the post until a coalition for the next government is formed. Olaf Scholz is the Social Democratic Party's candidate for Chancellor. Scholz has served as a Vice Chancellor and the Finance Minister in Merkel's coalition government since 2018 and has been at the forefront of navigating the country's economic response to the COVID 19 pandemic. The possible coalitions that could head the next government could be an alliance of the Social Democratic Party, the First Democratic Party, and the Greens Party, or a coalition between the Christian Democratic Union, the First Democratic Party and the Greens party. The Greens party leader, Annalena Barbock, stated that the climate crisis will be the leading issue for the next government and the basis for any talks with them. For the first time in history, two transgender MPs will enter the Bundestag, Germany's parliament. Both the MPs, Tessa Ganserer and Nike Slavik, are from the Green party, The Guardian reported. (coughs) That's all the news we have for you today. Keep safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent